Tyler. Hello. We like Miles Teller. I actually do. I think he's pretty underrated, personally. And me too. So, turns out he is uh, replacing Army Hammer in that uh, Making of the Godfather series at uh, Paramount Plus. Oh, yes. I assume this is because of his, like, weird sexual fucking allegations against him. Yeah, which I didn't look into at all, but it seems weird as shit. Yeah, I don't remember all of it, but I remember someone allegedly leaked messages where he was talking about some really messed up like slave and cannibalism type shit. That's what I remember hearing too, and I was like, all right, that's all right, Army Hammer. Yeah, but that's but, fine. I I like Miles. I like Army Hammer as an actor, but I think Miles Teller will be pretty phenomenal here. Yeah, I'm actually just kind of curious, like what this show is like. What like what the story of making the Godfather is, and if it's a good sh- like story. Like I don't know if there was crazy shit behind the scenes for that movie, but yeah, I don't know because you never really heard anything. Like when they did Apocalypse Now, right? You got that behind the scenes because you heard it was a fucking yeah, wild, a, wild time. It's like a nightmare to make, but mm-hmm, but you never really hear anything about the Godfather like that. No, so. But I'll check it out. I like him. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and like rewatch all the Godfathers though, but Yeah, me too. But I see oh. Damon Lindelof is uh coming back for a new project. Yeah. Miss Davies on Peacock of all places. Yeah. Which I really like him, so like I'll check it out. But I'm just trying to read if there's a tagline for this. Oh yeah, series is set to explore faith versus technology in an epic battle. Which that could be maybe all right. I don't know. I don't know. As always, my concerns lie with where the show is landing. Yeah, I'm Peacock. Yeah, like I'm. There's a couple of questions that immediately pop into my mind upon reading this is like Damon Lindelof has like a pretty long standing and like in good standard relationship with HBO. Yep. So if he's taking this series to Peacock, I'm guessing that he probably took it to HBO first and they passed. Yeah, I wonder. Right. Because, yeah. like, the last several things he's all done has been on HBO. They love him over there, and he loved HBO. Like, they have a good relationship. So if he's got a new show, I'm hard-pressed to think that he didn't go to HBO first, and HBO turned it down, and now Peacock is picking it up. It doesn't... It doesn't. And maybe I could be completely wrong, but it doesn't seem like he would develop some new show in Lindelof fashion and be like, yeah, try a different network this time. I'm going to see if this Peacock will give me the same creative freedom to do what I want like HBO did like I just yeah like again I don't know but I mean that's, yeah. where, that's where my head instantly goes it's like well why not at HBO where all of your other stuff has essentially gone yeah yeah I'm, I'd be curious to know if that's how it checked out or if like Peacock was just like here's a bucket of money do you want to make something for us and maybe I mean there's I mean, lots of possibilities but I have my concerns about it going to Peacock. Yeah, me too. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'll check anything he does out because I think he's earned that. But yeah, it's definitely weird as shit going to Peacock because, like, I'm not gonna fucking get Peacock just for this. No, right? I. I don't know. Just uh, add it to the list of this is interesting. <laughs> I'll have to wait and see, but uh, yeah. I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, I mean, it's a smart move on Peacock. Like, if you're trying to get people in. He's good, but but yeah, yeah. But I think the reason he's good is because of like the weird creative direction he takes things. And I like, I yeah, maybe this is Peacock going. Okay, we're gonna let you have free reign and see how it goes. Like they're finally open the the creative doors to people. Maybe yeah, because that that's yeah where he does best is like just do weird shit, right? You know, yeah, give him unfettered control of whatever his vision is and let him just run with it. Yeah, even with Lost, like, it wasn't, like, that, that, even on network, they let him just be like, yeah, go crazy. So Yeah, so, I don't know, we'll have to see what happens, because historically, Peacock doesn't, NBC, I should say, doesn't really give people free reign, right? Like, that was the whole problem with Dan Harmon, and how Community ended up in such a fucked up place come season four, and... I know there was lots of stuff on The Office they were told they couldn't do, and there was some stuff on Parks and Recs they were told they couldn't do, so... Yeah, and it's the same thing with, like, The Good Place, because I think that was them, and then moved to somewhere else. So, yeah. We'll see. Guess we'll see. And then, speaking of HBO, that uh, Staircase series... Mm-hmm. Just added Sophie Turner, which I'm alright with that. I'm intrigued. They didn't say who she was cast as. And I don't remember. She's almost a little young for the wife. Like it's pushed down the stairs. Or falls down the stairs. I don't know. Yeah, my uh, my whole intrigue into this is, uh, is Sophie Turner herself. Yeah. Like she's not a bad actress by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, to be fair... I'm I'm sure she's done other stuff that I just haven't seen, but like I've only really predominantly seen her in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I think that was a benefit of the doubt kind of thing where like she was cast as that role young at the very beginning of the series. And then of course you just grow to know her as that character and she grows into that character. But I haven't really seen her smash out any amazing roles anywhere else. Right. Like to me, she's, she's just, She's still Game of Thrones, right? Like, I have to see her and her acting abilities outside of that realm. Yeah, because the only other thing I remember her in is those X-Men movies. She was kind of... Meh? Yeah, she was fine, but, like, it wasn't like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, well, and and those X-Men movies, too, they're pretty... I don't know, they're in a league of their own because they're over the top and all that other stuff, right? It's not like you get a nice range on someone's acting abilities, right? No, unless you're talking about like that Logan movie, but that's totally different, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm, hopefully this kind of maybe shows her range. I mean, it's not a bad... I mean, she's going to be acting with... Oh, uh, who's the other person that cast... Oh, shit, what's his name? The British guy. Oh yes, that one British actor in the world. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, 
Colin Firth. Mm. So I mean, she's got he's he's great, like award winning. So at least she's got that to kind of act with and maybe elevate her. But yeah, or she's got that amazing acting ability to draw a very stark stark line in between. <laughs> nice pun. Oh. <laughs> Whether that was intentional or not. Totally unintentional. But yeah. But I mean situations like that can go one of two ways. You got someone like that so you can lean on them, learn from them, and that'll improve your abilities. Or you have someone that's like that top tier that you're acting against and it becomes very fucking apparent that you're not in the same league as that person. Yeah, they just very contrasting in terms of acting abilities. Like this could go either way, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and it depends how big your role is too. So I'm Yeah. I'm more so curious about that series because I think that was a great documentary, but I I don't know how that works as a ten episode like actual dramatization. But Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. The other one I'm not super intrigued about is Taylor Swift and David O. Russell's new film. Yeah. She, I mean, again, like you look at the cast and it's like Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, all phenomenal actors in the right. Taylor and, Swift. Yeah. Like I'm again, like I can't really say that I've seen a whole lot of her acting ability. I don't think she. Oh, well, uh, hold on. You're forgetting about the award winning performance in Cats. Mm. Right. I yes. Mean, that clear- terrible fucking musical that nobody liked and that <clears throat> nobody saw. Yeah, the best part of that movie was seeing all of Seth Rogen's tweets as he was high as fuck watching it. Yeah, but like, and that's just part of the cast. Like Christian Bale, Rob, Rob, bleh, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, Rami Malek, Zoe Saldina, and Anya Taylor Joy, Chris Rock, Mike Myers, Robert De Niro, Michael Shannon. That's a cast. And John David Washington. Huh. Like that's a top tier fucking cast. Yeah. Like most of those people have like one you know, top tier awards or at the very least been nominated. Mm-hmm. And then you like again, not to like shit on fucking Taylor Swift, but I mean, I haven't seen enough where it's like, how does she get into an amazing ensemble cast like that? Yeah. Calling a favor. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably, I would imagine it's not a big role with that cast, but Yeah. I I really like that cast, but I find David O. Russell is a hit or miss for me. Yeah, I I liked Silver Linings Playbook. Didn't really care for Joy, but yeah, their own. Yeah, same. Like I find I either really like his movies or I'm like, eh. But yeah. mm-hmm. I hope hopefully she's good, but an odd one to say yeah. the least. Well, and historically, it typically doesn't work very well when musicians decide that they're going to be actors. No, it can happen, but it doesn't happen often. More times than not, you get, you see the musicians come in as actors and they're pretty meh. Yeah. Like I, I think about common, like he comes in, like he's kind of doing some of it and he, everything I watch him in, it's like, meh, like you're all right for that. But well, ludicrous, right? Oh yeah. I guess kind of meh okay in some not so great in the other right i totally forgot that he was actually a musician i just think of him as that guy from the fast and the furious now yeah pretty much well the other guy in there tyrese right musician 
Oh, I didn't even know him. He did music. Damn. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, wait and see, I guess. Yeah. And speaking of waiting and seeing, it's like Seth Rogen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot is set for 2023. Uh, I will be okay with this if they do a live action one. If we get another like super CGI. But I think that's just my nostalgia. Yeah. Like I like the old Ninja Turtles because it was dudes in actual turtle costumes. And now it's just like super heavy motion cap CGI stuff and like didn't care for any of the new turtle movies. No, it says here it is going to be like CG animated. So yeah, that's a pass for me already. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, the last one was that one with Megan Fox. Mm-hmm. Those ones were, I don't even remember them. So yeah, that's how memorable they were. Yeah. Yeah. I- I don't know, like a, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and like in my mind, it just lives as a cartoon. Like that's where it should always be. But yeah, I mean, I can see that to an extent. I did like the live action ones, like the old live oh, action yeah, yeah, yeah. ones. Yeah, I quite enjoyed those. But yeah, but yeah, so I'm gonna preemptively already pass on this. <laughs> I, I like Seth Rogen. I like what his production company's done for the most part. But oh yeah. No interest in this. None whatsoever. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Speaking of uh, no interest, apparently there wasn't enough for Jupiter's Legacy because she's already done. Uh, yeah. Which, and that was one that I tossed and turned with over like the last month. I'm yeah. like, that kind of looks interesting. Maybe yeah. I'll watch that. But now that I know they've already killed it after one season, it's like, why even waste my time? Yeah. And this one was weird because they gave it a ginormous budget. Because it's part of that, like, Mark Miller graphic novel deal. So he did it, and then they dropped it on Netflix. And then I think it was, like, a month later, they were like, we're going to cancel this, and we're going to do a series based on the villains in the show. So I... Like, I remember reading online, people were like, what the fuck? Like, he just canceled it after giving it this huge budget a month after it premiered, and then you're going to go, okay, now we're just going to focus on the villains of the show? Like... Yeah, I... Just... I don't get Netflix. No. And that's, that's the other like ridiculous part is because they don't really release metrics, right? You no. don't really know how many people watched it, but it was number one in our country anyway for several weeks. But apparently that's not not enough to keep it going. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be really curious what their metrics are, like if they ever released them, which they won't, but... Like, I'd be curious what the... Because there's got to be, like, some fucking formula that spits out of the database that goes renew or don't, right? I'd be curious what makes that up. Because mm-hmm. it seems like they cancel stuff that no one cares about, and then every once in a while they cancel something, and then everyone is like, what the fuck? We loved that. So. Yeah, well, and it's this kind of fucking ridiculous behavior that keeps Netflix from being like a super profitable country. Like yeah. it's just dead on dead on dead. Like I'm just I'm honestly just waiting for the day where they finally can't pull in any new investors and they can't do any of this shit and then they just start losing subscribers at an alarming rate because all the other companies are doing much fucking better. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't know what their financial state is, but... In debt. Lots. They have to take investors on all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what they do. I'm curious what the streaming landscape looks like in like five years when Mm -hmm. everyone is kind of established, right? A lot of people tend to, like, a lot of people are of that mindset. Well, Netflix was the first and they got the most and they'll be the one that's there forever. And it's like, just because you're first doesn't mean you last the longest. No. I mean, like, I look at Disney, right? Like, they, they looked at everyone that did it first and then they did their own thing and they are easily winning right now, right? Like, they were like, we're not going to do it first. We're going to learn from other people's mistakes. And then they made their thing and it's doing gangbusters. So. Well, is everyone super quick to forget that, like, the first really big um, video rental chain was Blockbuster? Yeah. And all the fucking financial mistakes those guys made? Yeah. yeah. Now there's one? Yeah. Just because you're first don't mean you're going to last forever. Nope. So, yeah, I'm curious what Netflix looks like in a few years. Yep. Uh, yep. Well, it's been an ongoing joke throughout television and movies and stuff like that. That like you can pretty much take any stupid idea you have, hand it to Netflix, and they'll go, "Yeah, we love it. Let's make a movie." <laughs> yeah, we'll give you. Let's a season. make a series. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and the, the good ones that they do have, they cancel. Like yeah. the fucking society. Yeah, pretty much. Guys. Yeah. Anyway, pretty much. So remember that uh, that once a time, once upon a time in Hollywood novel that Tarantino's doing. I do. It's apparently uh, it's going to explore uh, Brad Pitt's backstory in that, which I'm all right with because I like that character. I mean, it's interesting to an extent, but I have no intention of reading this book ever so fair enough (laughs) they can tell me they're going to explore this and that and you'll get a deeper dive into this and that and it's none of it's going to make a difference to me because i'm not not going to read the book i'm not going to lie i'm not going to pretend that i'm going to read the book it's just not going to happen fair enough i will listen to it um but yeah I mean, I think this makes sense, too, because, like, him just adapting it into a novel and not adding anything doesn't seem very Tarantino-like. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Let's put all for that one. All right, well, I am, however, excited that yeah. there's apparently a Wedding Crasher sequel coming. Yeah, no shit. This is really cool. I'm yeah, I'm... I'm into it. I mean, that was a classic funny movie. And yeah. I, I honestly, I, I quite enjoyed the comedic team up of Vaughn and uh, Wilson there. So, yeah, I think it's super solid. I'm, I'm curious, like what the setup for this, like, cause don't they all kind of get like married at the end of the first one? I believe so. Yeah. Maybe they get divorced and they have to get back out there. Maybe. But yeah, I like, this, uh, this is a sequel I never thought would happen, but I'm totally on board with. Or maybe it's like a pseudo sequel, like someone crashes their wedding and you see like the next generation. Oh, that'd be all right. Kind of cool with that. 
I mean, a few different ways you could spin this. Yeah. So, yeah. Looks like they got the same people behind the scenes, like directing and all of that, so. I'm alright with this. I hope this happens. I'm into it. And HBO Max, right? That means it's going to go straight to the streaming platform, so. Day I'll day, watch yeah. it. Yeah. Yep, I'm, I'm alright with this. And uh, we got another Stephen King adaption. Yeah, they're really just coming um, out of the fucking woodwork with all these, eh? Yeah, they're just pumping them out. So this one is uh, based on The Jaunt, which is a teleportation story. Teleportation gone wrong. Yeah. And so it says it takes place in the early 24th century when... Teleportation is commonplace. So, this could be cool. Yeah, I'm just trying to see a little bit more details about it. It kind of reminds me of that movie Jumper. Right. Except this is like teleportation stations, not a person per se with the ability to teleport. Yeah. I'm trying to see uh, which uh, studio is doing this. They say. I'm not really seeing anything about who or either. Is it MRC Television. I'm seeing. I don't hmm. even know. Yeah, I don't know either. That says MRC Television's recent credits is Ozark, House of Cards, and The Outsider. All, all phenomenal shows. So, I mean, this could be done right. Yeah. I'm just curious where it's going to land. Yeah, and I don't think they've announced that yet, but hopefully HBO? That would who, be nice. Who knows? I think he just kind of shops the rights out to whoever wants them, so. Yeah. Like, I don't think. I think if you give Stephen King a paycheck, you can make a show. Yeah, maybe we should start saving up. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm alright with this. Yeah. I mean, most of these recent Stephen King adaptions have been pretty alright, so I'll watch more. Yeah, I'll keep putting them out. I'll keep watching them. And I kind of like when, like, Stephen King's sci-fi is kind of kind of cool. He does some nifty stuff when he does it. So. See? We got uh, Donnie Yen has joined John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah, I think this is a win. And mm -hmm. a no-brainer. Because he is a crazy action star. Yeah. Know? Like, that's done the raids and all of that, so seeing him fight John Wick, yeah, that that's going to look fucking cool. Well, hold on, we don't know he's going to fight John Wick, because he's going to play one of John Wick's oldest friends. They're totally going to fight. You don't know that. Maybe. It says right here, it says, Yen will play John Wick's oldest friends, a fellow assassin who shares many of the same enemies oh. as John Wick. The film will see the assassin continue his endless quest for revenge, teaming up with the Bowery King, aka Lawrence Fishburne, to get revenge on the high table. So it sounds <laughs> like Lawrence Fishburne, this guy, and uh, John Wick are all teaming up to go after the high table. Okay. Well, that's alright then. Nonetheless, he is he is a phenomenal action star. So. Yeah, wins all around. Yeah, 
I, th- I think when, like, I'm thinking of that third John Wick, like when John Wick teamed up with Halle Berry, like the action scenes where there was like two people, like John Wick and someone else fighting, looked cool. So doing that with Donnie Yen, yeah, sign me up. So. Yeah, some of those Halle Berry joint scenes though didn't really do it for me. I'm not no, gonna no. lie, like some of those like. They were fine in and of themselves until it was like all of a sudden the dog was very slowly climbing up pallets of wood to grab a guy and pull him off the edge. Yep. That, that stuff didn't really sit well with me, but I no, moved fair, past it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I don't think Downey Ann will have dogs. Hopefully not. But uh, hopefully they don't give him like a fucking cat or something. I, I'd be totally all right with that. And then, in interesting news, we have some dates for some FX shows for premiere dates. Most importantly, American Horror Story. Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. And that American Horror, uh, American Horror Story spinoff, which is coming out on July 15th, which is soon. Yeah, that's like a month away. Yeah, which I'm, I'm really curious to see what that is, because it's like each episode is like a different story. It's like an anthology thing. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, at the end of August, we get the new uh, American Horror Story season, which I am really excited about. Yeah, it's taking too fucking long. Yeah, yeah. Especially because, like, ever since you got me to watch it, I was like, it ended, and then I was like, so where's, like, season 10? And you're like, yeah, a while. I was like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Fuck. So, I'm... Like the goddamn Westworld treatment over here. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I saw an article the other day, I don't think I put it in, but apparently Westworld season four just started filming, so. Oh, so long. So that means you probably got another year to wait. Yeah, it won't be until next fucking summer for sure. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm. I really want to see what Macaulay Culkin is doing in that new season. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm all of it. I'm just super excited for. Like FX is quickly becoming like one of my favorite networks after HBO. Yeah, I think it's like I put it on par with like Showtime. It's kind of like. And there's a lot coming out, right? Because then you got the American Horror Story at the end of August. You got the same guy Murphy's doing, like, from American Horror Stories, doing that American Crime Story. Yeah. That's the beginning of September. Taika Waititi's got a new comedy coming out called Reservation Dogs. That's at the beginning of August. And Mm -hmm. then at the beginning of September, we get a third season of What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. So, like, just exciting shit all around. Yep. Yes. I'm just excited for more American Horror Story. That's what I want. And it looks like uh, Ennis Quaid joining fucking Peacock's Joe Exotic series. Yeah. As he's playing that Rick Kirkman dude, the guy who's telling the story in the coffee diner. Yes. Yeah. The documentary filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. 
Uh-huh, like Dennis yeah. Quaid. He seems alright for that role. I just <laughs> want to see how this whole series plays out. Yeah, like because I'm because there's two of them, right? Yeah. So it's yeah, I'm I'm curious if it can capture like the magic of the documentary because like it almost seems like after like after watching the documentary, I was like, okay, I've seen this story. Like, I don't need a dramatization of it. But I guess we're getting it. So have to wait and see. Yeah. But yeah. And then we got Jamie Lee Curtis and Bloomhouse uh, doing an adaption on a popular novel. Apparently, this Patricia Cornwell book series, which has ne- twenty four books, never heard of it. And me neither. But sure. I mean, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is respected for sure in her own right. Yeah. And, like, I'm curious if this is, like, it sounds like it's some kind of crime thriller, but they're doing it through Bloomhouse, which is known for its horrors, so... Yeah, that's why it piqued my interest, is because, like, that's not what Bloomhouse does. But maybe this is Bloomhouse finally expanding into another genre? Maybe. I mean, I'll check it out, because I like them, but... Yeah, yeah, I don't really have much else to say on that other than interesting. Yeah. Like Tarantino is uh, debating whether he retires. Yeah. Yeah, because the... Looks like his whole thing was like, I'm going to do 10 and then retire. And I think he's on 9. And now he's kind of saying like, what if I don't make a 10th and just retire? Which... Is yeah, is I, rash- I I don't think he's fucking retiring. Let's be honest. Here. <laughs> no, like he he's at the fucking point in his career where literally he can make whatever he wants, anything he fucking wants. Yep, and he's definitely one of those guys that like comes up with interesting, weird ideas and then slowly sculpts them, and like he constantly makes jokes and references to like how Hollywood's running out of ideas, and like he's very into that. Hollywood sucks right now and no one's doing anything cool or unique. Yeah. So I can't imagine someone with his skill set who does interesting and unique films, especially because they just seem to get more grandiose as the years go by. Yeah. Being able to sit sit back by the fucking wayside, I guess, and just watch all these other people make these movies that I'm sure he would call terrible. Yeah. Like, I just I just don't see it. It's just like Eminem. Eminem, oh yeah, nope. When I hit thirty, I'm done. No more rapping. I'm that's the end of my career. And then of course fucking 30 comes and he's like, okay, I'm gonna do one last album and then this is it. And then he's done like three albums since then because he doesn't Yeah. Nothing's hitting where he wants to and he has to express himself and he can't just sit there and not express himself. Yeah. I think like Tarantino's same thing. Yeah. And I think like reading this article, he was on some podcast and uh I think he was talking about, he was like, most directors, like their final movie isn't like historically good. So he was like, what if I just didn't make a last movie and ended on a high note? But, but I don't think he's going to stop making stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so, but I mean, it could happen. I want him to do TV. That's what I would like. Give me some fucking weird Tarantino miniseries. 
Yeah, I so would be. I don't think I could see him doing TV, but I could definitely see him doing a miniseries. Yeah, like give me some weird eight episode fucking thing. And maybe that's the fucking workaround here, where he goes, "Yeah, no, after my tenth film, I'm not doing movies anymore." And then he starts doing miniseries and goes, "I said I wasn't going to do movies anymore. This is a miniseries." Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. Hmm. Then it looks like we got a a new Master and Commander movie. Yeah, it was interesting in the sense that like we're obviously still let's say back at or maybe we never left that point where Hollywood doesn't have any fucking ideas. So it's like remake after remake after remake. And they were like, "Hey, remember the 2003 movie Master and Commander? What if yeah. we did a prequel?" <laughs> I don't remember that movie. No, me neither. That's how memorable it was. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, uh, where's the? Did it? I want, did it do good? Mm. Like, did people like it? Maybe. But, All I remember is Russell Crowe. I think at the time it did like well for itself, but um, it yeah. wasn't enough to obviously pique my interest. I can't even remember the fucking film. I do remember Master and Commander, and I do remember yeah. at some point I saw it. Yeah. But obviously do. that shows you how little I gave a shit about it. So I'm not going to lie. My feelings are about the same for a prequel. Yeah. Like I remember uh, same thing, like watching it and seeing Russell Crowe in a ship, and that's like about it. Mm. So, I mean, I, I don't want a prequel, but... Apparently they're making one. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> prequels on prequels. Yeah. The Hollywood cog keeps spinning. Yeah. And but, then. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say Isa Ray. Yeah. We're getting a Spider Verse sequel. Yeah, I'm all right with this. Yeah, like that's something that I'm on. I'm okay with. Yeah. I don't need a Master and Commander prequel. I could use a Spider-Verse sequel. Yes. That first Spider-Verse movie was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Having her come in, like, yeah, she's good. So, I'm curious. Oh, yeah. We even got a release date for the yeah. sequel. October, October 7th. 7th. Yeah. So, 2022. Yes, not this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... It's. I'm not necessarily excited that like Isa Rae is joining it. It's just more or less like We're it's official. It's confirmed. They're adding people. We have a release date. Yeah, that's all the good news from that story that I'm particularly. Yep, pretty much. And then Disney uh, greenlit a Cruella sequel, which he I think- said in complete shock and dismay. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I, I feel like this was inevitable. Yeah, and I like it did well enough, and it was received well enough that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll, I'll watch another one of those. I think they they left it open enough to where you can do one. So, see so, yeah. Well, maybe I'll wait for the sequel to come out before, and I'll just watch them both because I still haven't <laughs> seen the first one. There you go. There you go. First one's cool. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Hmm. So. I've heard good things. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. For some reason, uh, 
Cruella 101 Dalmatians Disney film set at like the two hour 10 mark. That just seems like a little bit more than I'm willing to undertake. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which, which is weird because I mean, like, I sat down and watched Justice League pretty much in one go, and that was a four hour commitment, but I guess it depends on your interest. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. There was a lot more interest behind that fucking weird Justice League thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went into Cruel with like zero expectations and came out being like, that was all right. So. No, yeah. I'm sure I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. But carrying on with the trend of uh, sequels on sequels on sequels, mm-hmm. apparently A Quiet Place 2 did well enough that it's getting a third one. Yeah. Which I still have to watch the second one. I haven't seen the second one yet either, but it is on my list. Yeah. Especially now that we can actually get to movie theaters. I know. Which is awesome. About fucking time. Yeah. I thought, I thought I was reading somewhere that like John Krasinski said like A Quiet Place was supposed to be like a trilogy at some point. So maybe this has always been in the works and it just needed to be greenlit, but that could be it. Yeah, I'm curious about this. More yeah, so I'm just I'm curious about that second one because I th- I think the magic of the first one was it was like this tight knit thing on that farm with just the family right mm-hmm. so i'm curious how that scales you know because in the second one they leave right so it's how does it work in a more like open kind of thing yeah i'm sure it'll be fine but but yeah mm. and then we got some casting for the matrix four christina ritchie which when was the last thing you saw her in? I don't know. When I think back to her, all I can think of is like American Pie and Black, Sma- Black Snake Moan. Yeah. It's been like, I don't remember. I'm just pulling up her IMDb. Like, what has she been in? Oh, yeah. I, I'm looking at her IMDb and I don't recognize any of the fucking things she's been in. I don't know. Lizzie Borden Chronicles is like the last thing. And I don't even recognize that. Hmm. I mean, she's fine, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm not the most hyped about the Matrix sequel. So this is kind of a meh for me, but. And see, I am hyped for a Matrix sequel. So, you know, but I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen Christina Ricci act in anything <laughs> granted a long time ago she wasn't a bad actress so yeah. it could be totally fine but i mean i i haven't seen anything since then but i honestly don't think it's gonna fucking matter i think the new matrix movie is gonna be super awesome and i don't think it's gonna matter who's in it fair enough i'm more so just curious what the fuck they do for a fourth matrix <laughs> who cares what they do for a fourth matrix fair enough fair enough it could, it could literally just be fucking keanu reeves walking around a city going like oh this is all created for me look at this building wow how neat is that i could watch that for two hours i'm still into it fair enough fair enough yeah i mean i'll watch it so yeah neil patrick harris is in this fourth one yeah man i'm priyanka chopra oh yeah 
Well, there we go. That's it for news, though. Yeah. So what did we watch? Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, you finally watched it. Yeah, you watched the finale, and I finally burned through the entire season. What'd you think? As well as my entire fucking mobile data plan. <laughs> yes. 20 fucking 5 gigs gone in two days. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So that's pretty sweet. Yes. I liked it. I It was slow, like the first little bit, mm -hmm. but it was like a good slow. It was like captivating slow. Yep. yep. And then like, I mean, super fucking spoiler for everyone yep. who hasn't watched it. Like you're on your own fucking here. Yep. Tune out, shut off, whatever you got to do. Yep. But like, I think it did an amazing job. It hooked me in like almost immediately with that young girl. Yep. I can't remember her name, the character. The I one, the one that dies. Yeah. Yep. Because like immediately, like when she's like fighting with the father yep. of her fucking son, and like the poor kid needs air surgery, and she's struggling, and she's Sh like shitty a, home life. And, yeah, and yep. she's a single mom, and this guy doesn't like her, and his new girlfriend is being a stuck-up bitch, and it's just yep. like a, I felt so bad for her, and then yep. she gets, she's like, oh, I got this date, and I started yep. like. I got excited. I'm like, yep. I hope things turn around for this yep. girl. Like this yep. poor, poor girl. Yep. Same. And then of course it's all a fucking prank and they beat the fucking shit out of her. And then she ends up dead and it's like, Oh my God. Yep. It was, it was those types of things, man. It's like gut wrenching. Yeah. What that show did is like, I think talking about what you were saying, like it's, it did the characters like so relatable that like, you were able to like get behind pretty much every character in that show. I think, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, there were, go ahead. There were, sorry, go ahead. Uh, uh, like speaking with uh, like the girl who died, but also like Kate Winslet, like her, uh, like kind of her comedy almost, like where it's like the little parts where like they they inject like some comedy into stuff. I thought it was also really well done too. There were some gripes I had with Kate Winslet's character. Like, they definitely play her off like she's this, you know, mentally broken, damaged, loner kind of woman, and her life is falling apart. And I mean, at the granted, at the beginning, you don't really know why, because it's not explained till later on about her son and all this other stuff. Yep. But then she does some things where it's like, okay, I can, like, like I'm, I'm going to specifically reach out to the mother of her grandson. Oh, where she puts the drugs in the car? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that part I didn't like either. Yeah, like to me it's like okay, like I understand like in this series you're trying to like show like how far is she willing to go to protect her grandson from, you know, someone who may or may not. Like when you work in that type of uh business, like right? like as a detective and you're dealing with a lot of people who like, you know, are drug addicts and shit like that, like yeah, I'm sure that would kind of twist your perception on whether people can actually recover from that or not because you see right. a lot of people try to get clean and not get clean right. so like their exploration of that where it's like <clears throat> she could be getting clean but mayor doesn't actually believe she genuinely will get clean and isn't even giving her the benefit of the doubt like this isn't like the 10th time she's tried to get clean right like yeah. by all accounts in the show she's getting clean she has done it she's found a place to live she's trying to connect with her son better and she decides like oh no i'm not even gonna risk this i'm just gonna go plant drugs on her and like that whole part seemed so 
out of fucking character for her because she's very smart. She's very calculated. She's yeah. quick thinking, but all of that. And I understand that they're trying to play it off. Like, well, when you're this emotional, you don't think clearly and you make poor decisions because you're not, but even for her, like the way they built that character up throughout the entire show. And then all of a sudden she does the stupidest fucking thing either. Like yeah. of all time. And it's not even just stupid in the sense that she went into the police station and like took it out of evidence, but then scratched the number of fucking <laughs> yeah. bags off the list and changed it. Like that's super fucking apparent. And like the bags were marked and yeah. like in the drug world, the drug world that she knows, like there's no such thing. Like a long-term brand isn't a thing. So if you yeah. have like alien bags a month from now, they could be UFO. And then a month from now, they could be something else, right? Like, it's not a consistent, like, you know, it's like not like going to Walmart and buying fucking Tylenol brand Tylenol, right? Like, it doesn't yep. stay consistent. So she takes this fucking, these drugs from a case file from, like, two years ago. Where that brand probably isn't even on the fucking streets anymore. So, like, that in itself is easily traceable. Yep. Her fucking former daughter-in-law is now arrested swearing she didn't have these drugs they're planted in the glove box and yeah. it's just like it's too fucking easy for the police chief to link it all to her oh yeah and, and like it bothered me yeah that part bothered me too especially because like if you think how that whole story arc with the mum ends like it ends like you don't need the part of kate winslet stealing the drugs because they loop that arc back where like the mom is watching it and she falls asleep and the kid almost drowns and then she has this realization like oh okay okay i can't take care of him you have yeah. him so like they didn't need yeah. that part to show that because yeah it was all it was all unnecessary yeah and for whatever reason that part really yeah irritated me yeah yeah that part was i didn't like that part either but that's probably one of my only complaints about that show though is like that part Oh, I, I also didn't like how she treated that uh, professor kind oh. of fucking shittily. Like, uh, specifically when, like, by all accounts, he's into her. He's trying to do all this stuff. Yeah. It's his fucking birthday. And he <laughs> wants, he's like, I want to take you out to a restaurant on right. my birthday. Right. And then she blows him off to go on a date with fucking Evan Peters. Right. Right. To talk about the case, <laughs> which again seemed pointless because he was talking about the case with her like every day prior. Right. right. Like it, it's yep. not like there was a gap where like she needed to blow off the guy that she's into that is really into her to go on this date with Evan Peters just so she can talk about the case because every day prior they're hanging out and talking about the case. So it was just completely unnecessary. Yeah. And then it made me feel bad for that fucking dude. Yeah. Which, because uh, they kind of make you feel bad for both those dudes, because they both kind of get, get it dirty from her. Especially Evan Peters, being that, yeah. spoilers, dude gets shot in the face. Yeah, that was, uh, that whole scene kind of, like, I figured, like, oh shit, this is where it is, and this is what's happening, and something's yeah. going to happen. At no point did I ever expect that he was just going to be, like, straight up headshot. Like, I thought maybe he would get shot, and he's, like, yeah. limping around, and... Yep. loses too much blood and eventually goes but no it was like right to the face he's fucking instantly dead gone it's yep. like holy shit that that whole scene i found was really good because like 
they were able to make it super tense where it's just like you know it's gonna happen but it's like how is it gonna happen and then like they ramp it up by just shooting evan peters in the face and you're just like well okay that character's fucking dead Mm -hmm. and then they do the whole like oh this this is now solved but then it's not yeah which I, I actually found the like end twist of that show of like the who done it actually thought was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um especially kinda because I a thing this show does well is it kinda captures that small town vibe of like, hey, everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's like that whole who done it when it's actually like someone you went to school with that you're having beers with, you know, every week turns out that it was that person who killed them. Like I thought that was really well done. Yeah. So the other thing I saw a lot of people praising Evan Peters for his drunk scene in the bar. Okay. Which like, I want to touch on two points there. I find it super fucking weird that like they're in this small town where everybody knows everybody but nobody knows who Evan Peters is. And yet somehow Evan Peters went to school and played on a basketball team that clearly is in the same town because when they're in the bar, he's oh, in the bar right. because it's his fucking high school basketball reunion. That's right. That's so right. it's like, well, hold on. Are there two high schools here? And how do you, these people in the, like, cause nobody right. knew Evan Peters. He was just this County cop. Right. But he was a basketball star in a high school and just be and like clearly that high school had to have been in the same fucking town. Otherwise, why would their high school reunion be in the exact same bar that Mayor's high school reunion was in? Right. Okay. So like that one kind of tripped me up, okay. but I was like, whatever, I'll let it pass. Yeah. But I saw a lot of people online praising his fucking whole like drunk acting there is like the oh, best really? they've ever seen. And I personally thought it was over the fucking top. I thought it was too a little bit. I I, I was a little bit like no, like he, the, some the way he was over exaggerating some words and his pauses, I was like, this isn't brilliant on the spot. I nailed, he nailed alcohol or like being hammered. Yeah. To me, it was like he's trying to act like he's hammered, like doing his job, and yeah. he's pulling from all of the drunk cliches. Yeah, which is like I thought it was fine, but like I don't, I wouldn't shout it out as noteworthy. No, I I wouldn't either. But there was multiple sites. Really? That I read where people were like, oh, Evan Peters' scene was like phenomenal. He nailed it on the head. And I'm like, as eh. someone who's been drunk several times in my life and has <laughs> spent a good portion around drunk people, I don't think he nailed it on the head. No. Like maybe alcohol does something different to people down in the States. I don't fucking know. Maybe. Maybe. I did like Evan Peters in this, though. I did, I did too. He's. It did bother me a little bit. Through, like, no fault of his, he still just looks a little too young. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will agree with that. Like, he looks like he's, yeah, way too young. Yeah. Like, as soon as he shows up and he's like, I'm the new detective, I'm looking at him and it's like, I know you're not a kid. Yeah. Like, I, like I, you're a fully grown fucking man. But, like, right now, just seeing you in that suit next to, like, an aged Kate Winslet, like, you look like a child. You don't yeah. look like you belong in a suit as a detective. Yeah, yeah. He he looks like close to the age of Kate Winslet's kids in that show. Yeah, which is like yeah, yeah. I do like, agree with that. Not enough to pull me away or like no. make the story any less. And I mean, no. like that fucking twist at the end when you find out like who actually fucking did it was like Jesus. Yes, especially. And that, 
that very tense moment at the end where like the buddy's debating shooting his brother because his brother's going to cave and tell everyone the fucking truth. Yep. And like as Kate wins, it's going into that. She doesn't know it's the other guy. Yeah. Right. So it's like this, this whole tense thing of like people are trying to call her and she's like going to do this. And yeah, that whole part was super well done. And the part where Kate Winslet has to like deal with her best friend, which is married to that guy mm-hmm. and how that shakes out. Like I thought that was really well done where it's like, Oh, that's, that's rough. Yeah. All of that to culminate into the fact that it wasn't even him. It was the the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, the, that was... and to have to deal with the aftermath of where it's like that, terrible strained relationship where like they were once best friends and by all accounts throughout the series she was the only one that was constantly rooting for and trying to help mare and then at the very end mare gets her husband arrested and put in jail and then her fucking kid arrested and put in juvie yep and there's that like one tense moment in the car where she's just like crying and she's like you already had my husband like why did you need to take away my kid he's just a kid and like it was like fuck that's yeah, because because you're watching it and you're like, uh, like I could go both ways. Like, yeah, I mean, he killed someone. It's a crime and shit. But he didn't yep. kill someone with the intent of killing someone. He just yep. wanted to make like it was. It literally was in all regards an accident. And he's just a child. He's not a psycho. He's just a kid. It, it was he was a kid trying to do the right thing because yeah. they set that up as like his dad is having an affair. I'm gonna and the little kid is like, well, if I go talk to this person and tell them to like leave us the fuck alone, like maybe my family will get you know back together. Yeah, I don't so want mommy and daddy to not be together. Yeah, so like, like that part. Yeah, it was really well done. Like that whole how that twist kind of came around. I think I. This was one of the better miniseries I've seen in a really long time. Oh yeah, man. I've I've been since it ended, I've been telling everyone I'm like, holy yeah. fuck, if you haven't seen Mare of Easttown, go watch yeah. Mare of Easttown. Go yeah. watch it. Go watch it. That's why I've been telling you to watch it all this long. Because like when it started premiering, I was like, This is amazing. Like I'm fucking real in real into this. So. I'm I'm glad I waited though, because I was able to just go from episode Binge to it. episode to episode. Yeah. And that was, I was watching it weekly. So it was like every time it ended, I was like, fuck, I've got another week. Mm-hmm. It's like shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. That show was crazy. I, uh, yeah. I'm curious if they do any more with that show or not. Like uh, if there is a second season, I don't know that there will be or not, but I, I already saw rumors swirling that there was, <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I, it was so well done on its yeah. own. Don't leave that. If you want to keep going something like that, then like get the same writers and directors and do another like true detective. It. Yeah. Like do another. Yeah. Different people, different story. Yep. And, and don't fuck it up. Like they did when they went from true detective season one to season two. Yes. Which actually, as soon as I, once I finished the show, I was like, Oh, this was like one of the best miniseries I've seen. And I was like, I should rewatch true detective season one to see if it holds up. So I did, and it totally does. But all right, good to know. But yeah, I'm yeah. I don't think they should make another season of that show. Just leave it be. Yeah, that was that was superb, all in its own standing. Yeah, it was like a perfect like. Here's just this one story. We did that story really well. We don't need to fucking ash it away in another season. So mm-hmm. like it's yeah. All in all, I I have very few complaints about that show. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone should watch it. 
I agree. So, yeah. And then we both checked out this Spiral Book of Saw movie. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, that was awful. I wanted I, to like it. I wanted to be into it. There were certain aspects where I was like, okay, this might not be too bad. Yep. And then no. Yep. As soon as they started doing those stupid fucking Saw camera angles. Yep. Yep. Like right at the very beginning with Buddy in the subway where like he's all fucking chained up and then it does the camera where it like like stutter shakes around him or whatever yeah. like that yeah, yeah i was like fuck me like you guys had an opportunity to make this mm-hmm. like an actual yep. mystery suspense thriller that wasn't just based on stupid fucking gore and a stupid fucking plot line yep. and instead they they literally just did another saw movie but somehow convinced fucking samuel jackson and chris rock to be in it yeah uh, like I, like not only is this a bad movie but it's a bad saw movie like when you compare it to some of the other ones and like I'll be the first one to say the sound movies are fucking suck either way aside from the first one I think that one's alright but like well, the, they had the first one was so unique and yeah. you'd never seen anything like that with yeah. the first one and then the second one just kind of amped it up a little where it was still super unique but started getting a little like gory campy like a little on the over the top side and then it just went way out of fucking control from there. But I actually like I I did like the first one and I really liked the second one. Mm-hmm. And I honestly like when I saw the preview for this and saw like the trailer, I'm like, oh, OK, this isn't going to be just a yeah. stupid, mindless, bloody yeah. horror movie. This is going to have plot and this is going to have yeah. story arcs and there's going to like time and effort. And I mean, no offense to the people who like, you know, put this fucking movie together, because I'm sure in their minds they put the time in and the effort oh, yeah. and all that of other course. shit. But it just, by the time you get into it, it's it's another fucking Saw movie, but with two well-respected actors. Yeah. yeah. Like, watching all the trailers and stuff, like, I was watching, and I was like, okay, we're getting, like, a soft Saw reboot, and it, like, looked like, hey, we're gonna go into this and reinvent the series and, like, maybe make something of it. We got these two great actors, and I was like, yeah, like, that could be cool. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, no, like, this is just... This is just another Saw movie. And not only that, but like as I was watching it, like I guess what the Saw movies are kind of regarded for is like the the torture porn aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like this crazy contraptions. And like as I was watching it, I was like, those aren't even that good. Like they weren't even creative traps. So I was like, if you're going in for that part, that part even sucks too. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it was, yeah. I, I was expecting way more out of that. Yeah, it was a letdown on all fronts. They had a real opportunity to reboot it and, like, yeah. maybe shift it from this, like, stupid, like, you know, shift it from basically where Fast and the Furious is now and shift it back to, like, an intriguing thriller a la, like, Seven. Yeah. Like, they, they had a full opportunity to reinvent this franchise and instead they just put some big names in there and just made it exactly what was wrong with all the other fucking the last six saw movies yep real missed opportunity here so i was um, i was disappointed in the movie in and of itself i was disappointed i spent fucking time watching it and i was yeah just, i felt disappointed for chris rock and for fucking samuel jackson because their names are forever going to be attached to that fucking turd yeah 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 they had a real opportunity to actually do something with that franchise and they totally didn't yeah yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're contemplating watching that, maybe just don't. 
unless you, for whatever reason, are one of the people who really enjoy enjoy all the Saw movies, they'll be right up your alley because it's pretty much the same. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. Then what else? You watched Wrath of Man. I did. What did you think? I liked it. I liked it way more than I liked the gentleman. Not that I hated the gentleman. Like mm-hmm. I did enjoy it, but I expected a lot more from the gentleman. And maybe right. that's just because like going into the gentleman, I was like, okay, Guy Ritchie and Matthew McConaughey is attached and fucking the dude from Sons of Anarchy, I think is an underrated actor that just gets typecast because of his role on Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Charlie so, Hunnam. Yeah. So by all accounts, I was like, I was excited and it was a good movie, but it, Maybe I just went in with higher expectations. Right. Going into Wrath of Man, I didn't really watch any previews for it. Like I no. went at him, I didn't watch trailers for it. I, I I didn't even really read a synopsis. I just I knew it was Guy Ritchie and I knew it was Jason Statham. So I was like, okay, let's see where he's at now. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I like phenomenal. Like the it's kind of back to the. Guy Ritchie stuff that like made me first fall in love with Guy Ritchie films. Yeah. It's like that kind of like this plan underneath everything that is slowly like unraveling as you're watching it. And then like the Guy Ritchie like action kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And yeah, the way they unfolded that story, that's what I like because you see him and he joins and you don't really know why Jason Statham is joining. And then you find out that he's like got some mad fucking skills yeah, but you don't know why. Yep. And then like it slowly like as the movie comes they give you little pieces of the backstory where you start to like put it all together and go, "Oh, this is what he's fucking after." And it was yeah, and he's got these skills cuz he's like the city's biggest like crime lord. Yeah. And someone killed his kid, so yeah. Yeah, it, like the all of it, the way the whole story unfolded, the way they yeah. Just loved it. Thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, the way it unfolded and everything. Yeah, it was, it was a solid Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, my only gripe is like, did you really need to fucking include Post Malone in this movie? Like, why? Where was Post Malone in that movie? That first fucking time where the truck gets like held up and they're like, throw the money in the back of the truck or we're going to shoot this old guy named Bullet. And then he like comes out the back and like kills everyone and then chases the one dude through the building. And then eventually catches him. That was Post Malone. Oh. And I was like, why? Why the fuck is Post Malone in this movie? I don't know. Nothing against Post Malone. And like, honestly, like the character that he played for that, you know, brief two minute fucking scene wasn't like awful or anything, but it was just the whole like. It was enough to take you out and be like, what the fuck are you doing, Post Malone? Yeah, it was just, why Why is Post Malone in here? And maybe this is him, like, dipping his fucking little toes and he's he's trying to go fucking musician turn actor. I don't know. But it just, it threw me off. I was just like, wait, why? Why is Post Malone in here? Like, you get ahead, like, anyone else yeah. in this fucking movie, why is Post Malone? And again, it's nothing against Post Malone. Like, I don't hate Post Malone, but it just yeah. was a surprise and, like, yeah. a, why? Why? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I guess why not? At the end of the day, yeah. I don't know. Uh, who was the guy in that? Uh, Josh Josh Hardnick? Is that his name? Because uh, I hadn't seen him in a, in a good long time. Oh, the one like dude who I know who you're talking about. It's Josh something. Yeah, Josh Hartnick, I think. Hartnick or is it Hartnet? 
Hartnett? Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised he popped in. Like, he's done some Guy Ritchie stuff before, but I was like, I hadn't seen him in a lot. And I remember, like, kind of liking him, where I was like, why don't I see you anymore? I think the last thing I saw him, it wasn't he the main guy in Lucky Number Slevin? <sighs> yes. Yes. I think that's really, like, the last thing I've seen him in that I, like, openly recall. I remember he did this Penny Dreadful TV series. I watched, like, one episode of that. I never watched Penny Dreadful, but I have, like, my one buddy is diehard Penny Dreadful. Oh, really? Yeah, like, says it's fucking phenomenal. Hmm. Always used to tell me to watch it. He's like, if you like True Blood, like, you're gonna fucking love Penny Dreadful. Still haven't watched it, but... (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Wrath of Man is good. Yeah. That's really all I saw. Yeah, that's all I got. Well, I guess that's as good a time as any. Yeah. And if you have questions or anything like that, feel free to email us at tuningthroughthestatic at gmail.com. Yeah, I'll catch you on the next one. Later. <laughs>